Federal News Radio's Open Season Hotline, presented by GEHA. Today's question, do FEHB plans cover mental health benefits? Well, the Office of Personnel Management requires plans to pay the same benefits for physician visits or hospital stays, whether due to physical or mental illness. But according to the Consumer's Checkbook Guide to Health Plans for Federal Employees, plans select the providers for their networks and will rarely use providers whose practices emphasize weekly sessions of talk therapy. Nor will plans reimburse full costs for these services provided by a psychiatrist of your choosing. Instead, they provide a limited number of plan-affiliated psychiatrists and often rely mainly on the services of clinical psychologists, clinical social workers, and other non-MD staff. Check out our Open Season Hotline presented by GEHA. Head over to federalnewsnetwork.com and search Open Season Hotline. Send us your questions and we'll read answers daily at six minutes past the hour here on The Federal Drive. How many times have you heard somebody say federal managers need to be more efficient and effective? At the Homeland Security Department, that adage is flipped. Randolph Tex Alice, acting undersecretary for management at DHS, tells executive editor Jason Miller why he expects DHS managers to be effective first and efficient, well, a close second. A lot of that is oversight that we exercise across them, measures of effectiveness, how they're performing their job and then looking at areas where we can actually deliver the mission better and save money at the same time. You know, an example of that might be what we're going to do out at St. Elizabeth's in terms of consolidation. We have lots of leases across the National Capital Region. We're actually one of the largest GSA landholders here in the NCR region. So consolidating that not only improves your efficiency, but also your effectiveness. You save money, you get all your employees more centralized, You get them on a campus that's more optimized for their work conditions. So uh, that's one of the ways I would think about in that particular area. So, and then as we look at other areas, as as we think about uh, how we buy things acquisition-wise, how we treat our employees obviously is critical uh, in terms of uh, what they think of working at DHS. Uh, And I think uh, those are also important, too, as I think about priorities for uh, us overall. There are a number of IT priorities uh, that uh, I think you previously discussed with our CIS, so I won't get into those, but those likewise uh, improve our, uh, you know, the mission, uh, our mission effectiveness, and they also, but they also make us efficient at the same time. You mentioned the St. E's. That was a, was a big commission hearing for the National Capital Planning Commission just recently. Talk a little bit about the decision around St. E's. Where are we today? And, and there was a little bit of news there about FEMA. Maybe we'll start there with the decision that maybe FEMA is not going to move to St. E's right away. There's another lease that's uh, being at least negotiated or, or being worked on. Yeah, I think where we are with FEMA, we like to keep them where they are. I don't know that that's going to be possible. So let me just kind of walk through what we're doing at St. Elizabeth in general. So our our intent is we have about 150 locations in the National Capital Region, and that's about 12 million square feet of, uh, of space. Currently at St. E's, we have about 5,000 people. We've moved part of the headquarters, and of course the Coast Guard headquarters has been over here at the Monroe Building here for several years. So our intent here is to move more of the department out here. So starting here in 2020, we have a new addition that's uh, just about complete. That's going to move the Office of Civil Rights and Civil Liberties out here, the Privacy Office, the Intel and Analysis Front Office, and the chief information officer, uh, his support facility, uh, his computer support facility out here onto the, onto the campus. After that, we're optimizing the Monroe building. We're going to move our, our uh, weapons of mass destruction office into that building along with the Coast Guard. And then we have several new constructions planned here coming in the, in the coming years. 
So currently, uh, GSA is putting an amendment into the Sandy's master plan. Our first building we want to put out here is going to be the CISA, Cyber Infrastructure Security Agency Headquarters. That would be due to move out here in 2023. The construction would start sometime next year. After that, we have a second new construction planned uh, here, which would be which would house intelligence and analysis. That would be a move in 2024. That would move us completely out of the Nebraska Avenue complex, and that would be returned to GSA for uh, for however they would uh, decide to use that. And then finally, we have a third building plan here, which would be for Immigration and Customs Enforcement, and a part of Customs and Border Protection that would come in 2025. And then we would have the uh, we have a large part of the. Uh, of DHS out here. That would be approximately 13,000 employees from the NCR onto one secure location inside the National Capital Region. Then beyond that, we have, uh, we're still looking at what the possibilities are in terms of what else we can put out here on the campus, uh, and then also working with the, uh, the National uh, Capital Planning Commission in terms of uh, you know, uh, historic buildings and those kinds of things. So that's kind of how it looks here for the next few years for us. A lot of progress already. I know St. E's had been mired in some funding challenges and the, the disagreements with Congress. Was the FEMA issue because of that funding requirements, or was there something else behind the rationale to say, hey, let's maybe leave FEMA where they are or find them a new building? Can you walk me through some of that? Because I think, I, or if I remember correctly, I thought FEMA was the one of the next ones to go. So for FEMA, we're currently looking at options for them. Uh, we're not entirely sure we can renew the lease at the current location, and if that does not occur, then we'll have to look for new commercial property, and that may or may not be in the NCR. So as you've seen with uh, TSA, Transportation Security Administration, and U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, they've actually had to move out of the NCR, uh, USCIS to PG County, and TSA is moving down into the Springfield area based on where GSA could get uh, you know, the, the, the uh, effectiveness in terms of uh, square footage and also cost. So uh, a little bit of an unknown on the FEMA side right now. All right, and it's something that a lot of people are following. We, we, it's amazing how interested people are in their buildings. Where am I going to work, and what's my office space going to look like? So uh, I know we'll follow up with you and guys I, on that. And I would just offer that on the employee side, and as you are aware, just because of the traffic uh, situation in Washington, D.C., and also your housing costs, employees are very concerned about what their commute looks like and also where they're going to work and how that affects their uh, their housing and living situation. So we're very attuned to that particular uh, particular issue. Let's continue down that path with employees. The new uh, Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey scores came out. Uh, I think once again, DHS saw, saw some upward climbing, and I think that's good news. Uh, I think I guess the bad news, on the other hand, is uh, you guys still have a long way to go. Can you talk a little bit about, first of all, the FEV scores and, and what, what stood out to you, and then talk a little bit about what your plans are to kind of continue to improve morale and continue to improve really the, the ability of the workforce to meet the mission? A couple things there. One, you did see a 2% increase, for, which for a large or very large organization, as uh, DHS is, is, is a significant increase, given that it was a year of turmoil in many ways for the department, uh, just in terms of uh, all the issues that are surrounding that and, uh, you know, the issues you see on the news, obviously. But nevertheless, we've seen a 2% increase. Uh, you know, I noted the uh, Secret Service had a 7% increase in their employee engagement index. So I think that's also kind of significant and consequential. So as I think about improving that, now most of that lies with the components, with the component heads and their leadership turn in terms of addressing issues for that. But I think there are a number of things we can do 
to help our employees uh, in terms of uh, making their lives easier and also uh, in terms of uh, caring for them better. So a big emphasis in the department on employee and family readiness, something I'm very familiar with having been in the Marine Corps for a number of years. The uh, caring for your Marines and their families is critical, and I think here uh, the federal workforce needs to think that way, too. How do we care if not just for the employee, but also for the family? And there's a number of areas that we're looking at to, to make improvements there. One is in, in terms of dependent care. Uh, how do you address that? Uh, how do you, uh, not, that's not only for children, but also for extended family members. How do you look at issues in mental health? How can we assist there? How can we uh, help folks in terms of uh, their financial literacy to make sure they're prepared for financial challenges? So a lot of areas that we can care for employees in. And then, of course, the environment they work in is a critical part, too, which links to that whole master plan that I just talked about and where we put agencies uh, in the future. So we're trying to think more in those terms there, how we care for them, uh, and that's just a, a overall emphasis for the department and particularly working down with the components also. From where you sit as Undersecretary of Management, are you able to keep the management directorate, the folks who are working on the kind of the back office side, out of the, the challenging parts of DHS? As you mentioned earlier, you've seen a lot of turmoil that happened, whether it's the shutdown or just the turnover in, in leadership. Are you able to kind of cordon them off so they can kind of just focus on their work based on the position that you sit, sit in? Yeah, I think generally they are they're uh, doing their jobs exceptionally well. I'm very pleased with I see what I see in management overall, uh, and I think uh, that you know a lot of things occur in the news and et cetera. They are not, I think, as affected by that as some would suppose. So we do our best to make sure that we're just focusing on the mission we're performing and the and the essential nature of it. So I don't see them as much drawn into it, though certainly, you know, they're in DHS and you can't deny that there are, there are going to be impacts there. Randolph Tex Alice, acting undersecretary for management at the Homeland Security Department, speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Check out Jason's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.